Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have the honor of speaking to Ryan Davey, who's from the Moose Cree First Nation and Executive Director of the Anishinaabe ASCII Development Fund. So he's a busy guy because there are 59 First Nations that are supported in terms of business and economic development. So welcome, Brian. Tell us a little bit about your academic background. First of all, thank you for having me, Peter. It's great to be here and uh, share some of our uh, work that we're doing hard up in uh, Northern Ontario. Uh, first of all, I was um, I was born and raised in Moose Factory, Ontario. Went to public school there. And then I went to, I uh, had to leave home when I was 14. We didn't have high schools. So we had to go to um, South Porcupine. This is outside of Timmins. So I went there for high school. Then, uh, then shortly thereafter, I went to Trent University, which is um, uh, in Peterborough and uh, studied uh, anthropology, native studies, major was native studies. And then I got into the working world shortly thereafter. So uh, that's pretty well my formal educational background, but uh, a lot can be said about the informal teachings I received thereafter for sure. Well, I think street smarts is equal to academic. (laughs) So let's talk about your work experiences. Yeah. Well, then I, I should also mention I was, a, <clears throat> I was a brilliant C student throughout public and, and secondary school levels. But now I have A students working for me. So isn't that a, isn't that a turnaround? Uh, yeah, so uh, the educational part was good. And now that I'm, uh, I'm in, um, I started into uh, business economic development area. I just gravitated to that area. I don't know. I, I just I just loved it. I felt it felt natural for me. When I got out of university, I started working for a nonprofit organization called uh, Grand Council Treaty Number no. Nine up in Timmins. And they represented about 50 First Nations and was mostly in the political area, uh, but we also programming area. And um, I focused a lot on land and resources. And then, and then I moved on to, uh, uh, after, I did, after I was with them for a long time at the bureaucratic level or at the director's level of rights and treaty research, then I, I accumulated a lot of knowledge and I ran for uh, a deputy grand chief, which is um, it's a fairly high up position in that organization. And I became uh, uh, the special, my portfolio was economic development infrastructure development, lands and resources. And I did that for a large number of years. And then eventually I got into um, some other economic institutions, the most of which were nonprofit that uh, serve many First Nations in the area of business development, advisory services. Eventually I started my own company. I got into the private sector, started up a funding organization called First Nations Equity. Then I got involved in that for a number of years. 
and initially it started off as uh, financing First Nation projects, First Nation businesses, but there was a demand for my services to uh, advise companies, corporate companies in interacting with First Nations, developing partnerships, mostly related in the area of mining and, and forestry and uh, and energy. So that, that kept me busy for a while and then Eventually, I, I I came I came back up home. I, this was all in Toronto, by the way. I went from from Moose Cree to Timmins to Peterborough, back to Timmins, and Timmins into the Toronto area and the surrounding communities. I lived there for a number of years. Then I came up to Thunder Bay, and then uh, then I worked with uh, with uh, NEDF. Uh, before NEDF, I should say I was with NAN, the Shnabisky Nation. Uh, for a number of years, that's an organization that represents the uh, the communities of of northern Ontario, most of which are Treaty Number Nine and Five. And then eventually, I got into um, uh, NEDF, which is an Aboriginal financial institution that serves 88 First Nations across northern Ontario. So, and it's and it's like a, it's a it's a nonprofit organization. It's a developmental lending. And we, we, we take risk where banks are not willing to take risks. And uh, it's mostly loans and grants. Yeah, but according to your website, you do more than that. Come on now. Yeah, well, there is a, a we do a comprehensive community planning for, uh, for communities. We also do uh, advisory services for business advisory services. We do grants. We minister several funds. We do events, <clears throat> webinars on how to survive in business. We uh, we we we're although we're non-profit, we do still take on a large number of government programs. They get us to administer on their behalf, so we do that for them, like the loan programs and the uh, uh, yeah, mostly the loan programs. So it's 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 uh, it's pretty busy, and um, so far. Since we came into in existence in '87, so we're we've put out about 54 million in in loans and dispersed loans. I don't know how many millions in grants, but it's been it's been busy, and and each year um, we we continue to develop our our businesses, our communities, our our entrepreneurs most of which are sole entrepreneurs. Um, and uh, we just love it. We just love it. it. continues to grow. So, Brian, with the <clears throat> pandemic, how has it impacted Indigenous entrepreneurs? It, 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 a lot of the retail, I would say, and also... Uh, Events, transportation, some of the transportation businesses, they were deeply impacted, and restaurants. Um, what happened there was um, they needed support to keep the lights on, their fixed costs. If they didn't have support to keep their fixed costs paid, then they would have bellied up. So it was very difficult for them. Luckily, we got programs in place, thanks to our head organization, uh, I should also say that um, NEDF, which is an AFI, there's 59 of us across the country. So we're uh, a huge network. 
we have a large, uh, we have an association, national association that keeps us networked based out of Ottawa. And um, they had a program that they got us to deliver on their behalf. It was for, uh, it, was, it was an emergency program where we gave 0% interest to those businesses that required support. Um, and, and it mainly related to giving them, providing loans for fixed costs like electricity, gas, insurance payments, rents, all that. If they, and, and yeah, we did give them interest-free loans but eventually the interest does kick in after a couple of years. But in the interim, we were subsidized by our association. The interest that we did lose, which we normally charge, our, uh, was, was replenished or reimbursed by our, our national association. So we're very grateful for, for them for to doing that. They're called NACA, that's the acronym, National Aboriginal Capital Corporation Association. So yeah, so they got, our business has been in back to, but, Many, many of them survived. Luckily, they came through this uh, unscathed to a large extent, but there are some that didn't. So by and large, most of them did very well. Frank, can you talk uh, about a couple of successful businesses that your organization has been involved in? Oh, there's so many of them. And uh, if I start mentioning them, one's going to say, why did I mention them? <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, there's every... There are some transportation organizations or businesses that did very well since we when, since we got involved with them for initially in the early days, uh, like airline businesses, uh, trucking businesses. There's some retail businesses that have done extremely well, uh, that uh, have grown, that are scaling. Most of our support comes in the form of uh, startup acquisition, and then and eventually they become so large that they. Uh, their needs are so much larger than we can afford. Like normally we do $100,000 loans. We go up to $500,000 loans, but eventually when they begin to scale, they get to get into the millions or larger, larger requirements. So we don't, we're not there. Then the banks get more involved in those types of loans. So um, the success rate has been, um, just give you an idea. I don't know if I, I without getting, too technical here. <clears throat> the uh, the loan loss ratio for our lending ability is four point five percent. It's a rolling average over five years, which is very good. So we lose you know five five cents out of a dollar. I guess maybe that's an easy way of putting it, and which is which is incredible because um, given the type of businesses that we're involved in, high risk. Um, you know the, we've done fairly well and and it comes down to knowing your people, knowing the communities that we work with, knowing the entrepreneurs, and being close to the market that we work in. Um, it would be difficult for someone in Markham or Toronto to deal with our clients in the North because you just don't know the families. You just don't know the communities that they operate in. So we can mitigate those, those risks by just simply knowing the people and, and how we can better support them. I know what you mean. I was a commercial banker with uh, CIBC for 27 years. So I understand oh, what you mean by knowing the, uh, the clients and trying to identify where there's a problem and try to help them or support them. So talk about partnerships. Now, you mentioned some of those partnerships, like the government. 
but there's more partnerships that help you <clears throat> be successful. Well, we do we do partner up with um, accounting agencies, for example, MNP. We do uh, if there are certain things that we want to do together. Uh, could be webinars, training, um, internal training. There are partners; they come and provide us that training. We do partner up with um, other other sponsors that like our events. For example, we have business awards every year, and these business awards are sponsored by a variety of companies that are in support of uh, highlighting the indigenous success stories. And they they range right from uh, I'm going to miss some, so I better be careful here. There's there's several that are in the industry, the communications industry, they're in the banking industry, they're in the hotel industry, they're in the accounting industry. So they come together and they support us on, on those initiatives. And um, so that yeah, so the, we're we're always the importance of it, even with the um, the businesses that we do support, they're in partnerships because sometimes they don't have the capacity to um, to 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 uh, to, to uh, do well, uh, not do well, but to build their businesses. So they need that to lean on someone who has already had the experience. We rely. I I I use mentors in the business that I do. I uh, rely on one or two mentors that um, that have uh, gone through uh, many things in businesses that have the experience, and I lean on them for advice on how to do certain things. Even internal, the internal operations of the business that I'm in, lending. It's an although it's a nonprofit agency, it's a, it's very similar to your typical commercial uh, credit union or CIBC the way it's operated. So, so we do. Yeah, partnerships are so great because there's one thing that I want to say about partnerships. At the end of the day, you you can't do things alone. You need you need people around you to to help you because. Uh, I want to get into a room where people know more than me. I, you know, I, that's all smarter than me. So I can lean on them and get advice and because that's how you improve. Right. I, I rack up my failures and uh, those are, those are learning experience in themselves. And I use that as well. So, and of course, in this business, there are some failures as well. So. Okay, Brian, a little visioning three years from today. <clears throat> What's NADF going to look like? How is it going to change? How is it going to get better? Yeah, it's very interesting you say that. We had a, a couple of, a couple months ago, We uh, I had to prepare this vivid vision, which was, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Cameron Harrell. Cameron Harrell is a very uh, strong business mentor worldwide, and he talks about the importance of vivid vision. And vivid vision basically is you stand out there three years from now and you look around in your business and you look at everything that's happening in your office and your organization and you start writing down what you're seeing and it's things that you want to see. So you, you put yourself in a position where you're already there and you're, and you're looking at the changes that have occurred within those three years. And I had to go through that process and I write it up <laughs> For, for a, it was a three-page or four-page, and it's basically a snapshot. It's like jumping into the future of three years and, and doing it. So, yeah, so I have a I have full three pages of, of what that looks like in detail. But primarily, what we're looking at is we are the gateway 
NADF is the gateway to uh, to the go-to vehicle for everybody that wants to learn about Indigenous economic and business development. They're coming to us for that experience because we're a professional organization. They like how we do work. They like the goals that we have set ourselves, the, the ethics, the values. We're high achievers in what we do. And we're also, um, we, we, we mark, we, we, are, we, we, we gauge ourselves, our performance, uh, by looking at how prosperity is accumulating in our, amongst our clients and in, and in our communities. So, you know, I look at the prosper, prosperity in our communities and I see that we are going to be there. And it's going to take a lot of hard work on our part, but eventually it will happen. Have you read a book on indigenomics? Sorry? Have you read a book on indigenomics? Oh, I heard I heard her speak about it. Yeah, I've Car- never read Caroline. Book. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is so awesome to get some you know young people like that, young leaders coming up there and stepping up and having that grand, grand vision of how we can make an overall contribution to the economy as a whole, not in just Canada, but worldwide there as Indigenous nations. So uh, to me, that's that's just brilliant. And we, we hold strong to our to our beliefs that we can achieve and then uh, take, all the, uh, take all the advice and the ideas that are out there and collectively bring them together and understand that um, you know, there's there's an interdependence with all those people with great minds working together to make it happen. And there are many Indigenous leaders that are capable of making that dream come true, for sure. So are any of the businesses or many of the businesses operating globally? There are some that, uh, no, they're all based in northern Ontario. Uh, they don't, I don't believe any of them at this point. All the products are sold outside of the of the country. There's no, we don't have operations that are. I, I can't think of one that we have supported. Now there might have been someone that gone on that well, I'm not aware of anymore that become international, but not at this point. There's there may be one or two that I'm aware of that deal with the, that have a lot of business in the United States, uh, particularly as it relates to tourism outfit camps and stuff like that. That's another area that got really hit hard was tourism because of the. Uh, Uh, not not able to fly into the territory. So hopefully that now that will ease up now that Americans are allowed to come in and take advantage of our uh, tourism industry. Are any of the people you supported, do they come back as mentors or as alumni? Do you have an alumni group that uh, you support? We, we We don't have an alumni group. But there are people that have uh, have gone on and done really well that we continue to consult, and I I um, I meet with them when I can and have uh, discussions on how are they. Some have passed on. Some have been board members, really brilliant board members that we've had with our organization. Unfortunately, we lost. Uh, we've been around since '87, so some of them have uh, have long gone. And uh, but we still have um, a brilliant young team of uh, board of directors that we rely on. Some have uh, been in the business, some have not. Some are uh, just uh, you know just great great careers that they're in that have much advice to offer in our board. 
So, Brian, I guess the question now is, in terms of going forward and making a difference, do any of the businesses understand the concept of social enterprise? Yeah, um, there, there's, um, there are some folks that understand environmental governance, social ESG, which is very important amongst the, uh, the corporate companies that are coming that do, do, do a lot of business in our territory. For example, uh, mining and forestry, energy. And uh, many of our businesses, they, they look beyond just the bottom line of profit. It's a bottom line of, of, of making their communities strong, of giving back into their communities, because some of these businesses had local markets to support me initially to get off the ground, right? And that was their market, but then they have since grown and done, done fairly well. So, um, you know, they, they, uh, they, everybody, everybody understands the importance of, of giving back. I understand that. I've been, I'm mentored to, to do what you can to give back because at the end of the day, it all, it's like a big circle. It all comes back to you at some point. And offering that type of value out there is, is very important. And, uh, so, so yes, um, a lot of people understand that as part of their business and uh, we're happy to see that for sure. Well, t today in our community, uh, young people looking for jobs <clears throat> are looking at companies who do give back. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not just looking at companies that have a successful bottom line. No, that, that is so, <clears throat> I mean, that's what I admire about some of the younger entrepreneurs that are coming up <clears throat> because some of them been in, been raised in communities that didn't have a lot. And now they're in a position to give something back to the communities and to see um, it could be a contribution to a community center or a community a contribution to a, a hockey team, a soccer team, not, not soccer, but uh, what's that other game? Curling could be other sports. It could be a, a building of a facility. Um, so there's, um, there's, we're starting to see more of that. And, and I think that only helps your brand. I think people are beginning to understand that it's just, it, it, it shows that you care about not only the, the treating the clients in good, fair condition, but also caring for the community that you live in and that you're doing business in. So all that matters. And, uh, and it's great, great to see. So, Brian, one final question. Where, what is the website that people can go to to find out more information about what you're doing? They can go to nedf.org, nedf. It has everything. It has all our events, all the programs and, and loan products and services that we offer. It tells you basically who it is. It tells you, it gives you videos of... Uh, of the various staff, um, uh, uh, what they're doing. They talk about the different different uh, programs. So you have a talking head, I guess, that, that, that explains the program. Um, we have Futurepreneur, which is a fantastic program. If I can give a shout out to that right now, because 
this is an excellent program for not for some reason it's not being taken up as quickly as I would like. <clears throat> it's for young entrepreneurs under the age of 39. Yeah, they're young. Yeah, fairly relatively young. And they um, they can this is this is the first time I've saw a program where you don't need to have your your own equity. It's up to I think it's twenty thousand or fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars that they could apply to and start their own business. And um, I encourage any young person to take advantage of that program called uh, Futurepreneur on our website. So these are young entrepreneurs. And we want to see them do great and do well. There's another one called Summer Company, <clears throat> which I ran at a couple of colleges in Toronto. Yeah, and it's a pretty exciting one where. Uh, youth can uh, start and run a business over the summer and the government yeah. gives them three thousand dollars and free coaching yeah. and free mentoring awesome so that's that's a great program too well awesome. brian thank you for the information that you provided and the success that you've done and we look forward to hearing much much more about you and your organization well, thank you for uh, allowing us the time to do this on your podcast, and I and I wish you the best on, on all your on all your podcast interviews coming forward.